Welcome to Trail Manners, the podcast so dedicated to mountain trails and running that they broadcast out of a 78 Volkswagen bus in the mountains. Who does that? Eric and Joel are your hosts and will bring you the trail life as you may have not heard it before. You hear about everything from gear reviews, nutrition to keep you upright and moving forward, and they'll even bring guests into the bus for conversations that you won't hear anywhere else. It's time for some running adventures on a higher elevation. The old 78 Volkswagen bus is fired up and headed to the mountains. Here are your hosts for Trail Manners, proudly representing the 801 with their passion and love for the trails, Eric Manning and Joel Hatch. Welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast, episode number 86. Today we are back with Jeff Hart for the third time on his road to the Hard Rock 100. So if this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Trail Manners Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often, and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. All right, welcome back to the Trail Manners Podcast. We are, I guess it's uh, number three. It's episode 80, what are we at, 86, and we've got uh, Jeff Hart back on the line here on the telephone. Jeff, how are you? Woohoo, I'm good. <laughs> So, so it's been about a month uh, since we talked to you last, um, and you've got—I don't know if you know this or not—you got a whopping forty-two days <laughs> or six weeks from today that the uh, the Hard Rock One Hundred will start. So, uh, how does how did that make you feel? <laughs> that really fills me with a little bit of dread, <laughs> um, but also a ton of excitement. Yeah, that's that's cool. I hadn't realized it was that close. I guess I. Maybe I should go for a run or something. Yeah, maybe quit spending yeah. guys on the phone and just head out for a run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was counting down, uh, kind of getting ready for the show and kind of going over the uh, calendar. I'm like, wow, 42 days. That's uh, – Dang. It seems you – know, I, I, you know, it's over a month. It's six weeks, but knowing what you're going into, it doesn't seem like – it snuck up on you probably. No, it hasn't snuck up, but it hasn't – hasn't been my typical buildup for an ultra so it'll be it'll be new (laughs) well i mean last time we talked to you uh, about a month ago um you were kind of dealing with some some injuries and also some of the mental side um because of the injuries and stuff how how's the last month been how you feeling um you know where, where where are you at right now well so um the achilles issues are finally coming around um, the, the pain I had in my hip and knee turned out to be, um, bicep femoris tendinopathy with, with a likely, um, avulsion fracture at the lower insertion point. So it wasn't, you know, I wasn't making things up in my own head. And so that's been a long road, a row to hoe. So, so Yeah. They they were they've been bad, but you know things are coming around now. I finally feel like I'm getting back to normal. Okay, now give me a, an idea that long uh, sentence you just put in with your injury. <laughs> exactly for for guys like me or people like me, what exactly was that issue? So um, there's a tendon that runs from kind of the inside of your hip around through your hamstring and and has an insertion point on the outside of the knee 
and and I think it's just below the knee, even even on that outside lower edge of the knee is where you feel it. And um, if you you know if you pull it or strain it, then you you know you get the tendonitis. And having tendonitis in my or tendinosis or because uh, it's not really tendonitis is swelling, but tendinosis is just kind of like um, aggravated. So anyway. You aggravate it, and if you aggravate it bad enough, or if you if you damage it bad enough, it'll pull away from the bone a little bit. So I had some of it that I think was pulled away from the bone. So it's that tendon, and where it connects at the knee is kind of um, torn off a little bit. So you kind of you you can feel it in the hips. That's why when I would go up and down stairs, I'd feel it deep in my hip, and my hamstring would be really tight, and then I and 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 I'd feel it in my knee. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that's a lot better for me. Yeah. <laughs> I know it probably made sense to a lot of other people when you said it, but for me, I heard bicep something or another, and I thought, you hurt your arm? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a medical doctor, but um, I've had my share of injuries enough to, that, you know, I, I pretty much know all of them, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how's the mental state? I know that's something we kind of talked at length at, um, on number two, last time we talked to you, um, just kind of where you were at and everything else. How's that uh, been the last month or so? Yeah, I think I'm in the the fifth stage of. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I don't know those stages. <laughs> um, I'm I'm in a much better mental place now, and it kind of just took a. It took that time, and it takes that patience to get over an injury and just kind of maintain some fitness, but it's it just required me to, to reassess my, my goals here. You know, I, I mean, I, I want to, I want to run hard rock, but I'm okay now knowing that it's probably going to be a hard walk. Yeah. So it, it is what it is. And, and I'm happy with that and I'm psyched and I'm still hundred percent motivated and dedicated and, and throwing my all into it. Awesome. So. That's great to hear. I like what you said there because it kind of has a little ring to it. You want to, you want to hard walk the hard rock, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I can't take credit for that. I've heard people call it the hard walk before. Yeah. And and certainly, um, you know, I I haven't been able to go out and do any long runs, but I have a base level of fitness that I've been able to maintain, and I haven't haven't detrained having those injuries. And it's because, um, and maybe it would have healed faster too if I hadn't continued to walk as much as I did and, and you know, do as many short runs and, and cross-training, a lot of biking, things like that. So, Let me ask, this is, this is interesting. I'm interested to get your take on this because I've had this conversation with some friends of mine and people I've run with and talked to. You talk about you have a good base. Now, as we talked about, I think, in the first time we got together on the first episode with you, we talked about your, your amazing day or day and a half you had at uh wasatch last september yeah so you were you were just in great fitness great shape and that was just september so not too long ago how and and you've done this for years like the the ultra running the trail running how long do you think a base can stay with you before you start to lose too much to where you're almost starting over i guess if that's the right way to put it if that even makes sense yeah, for me it w- it's it's about a month. If I if I 
Well, actually, if I don't do anything for a month, I feel like it's gone and I'm starting over from, from scratch. Um, but if I can, you know, if I can maintain, you know, being active uh, six days a week, uh, whether that's all running or walking or biking or, you know, doing yoga and strength things, which are really important. Um, I can kind of maintain that base level to where um, at the drop of a hat or whim, barring injuries, I can go out and, you know, run half marathon distance, 15 mile distance um, without really worrying about it. And that's kind of what I like. I like to be at that point all the time where I can just kind of go out and do whatever. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. A couple weeks. I, I mean, clearly a couple of weeks of not training and you start to feel, um, weaker. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think though, at some point it comes back quicker though, even though say you took a month off of nothing, you were doing whatever injured. Do you think it does come back maybe a little bit quicker because you've had that history or that base that your body kind of remembers in a way of, Hey, okay. Yeah. I remember this now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. When I was, um, prepping for Western States, I think that, no, it was 2013. Um, I was working on my PhD at the time. And so I just got consumed with that. And, um, I had a, a lead up race, one of my favorites. Um, it's out in, well, New Hampshire and Massachusetts border. It's called the Wapak and back 50 miler along the Wapak trail, favorite trail in the whole world. It's amazing. Rocky, wet, humid, buggy, oh. uh, and lots of ups and downs. It's just, it's unrelenting. And, um, it's this out and back with like a, an eight mile, um, little dog leg at the end. So you come back to the start finish line at 42 miles, and then you have to go out again for eight more. Oy. Ooh, that's hard. That is hard. <laughs> and, and they'll allow you to drop at 42. So it's like, Hey, no problem. Just stop. <laughs> Dirty suck. So, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> leading up to that was, so that was kind of my prep race for Western States. And then, um, before that, um, you know, my training runs hadn't gone well. And so I, I basically, um, kind of kicked my system into gear with like back to back 15 milers. So I did a 15 miler on Saturday and then a 15 miler on Sunday and really felt that I, I, I could feel my body kind of snap into ultra shape, so to speak. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, I, well, I finished it. I did well. I went, went back out at the 42 mile mark. There you go. So, um, yeah, it's, so I, it can happen. And I feel like, like mentally, and I know it, it won't happen without that mental cog piece being in place. And we talked about that last time, you know, the mental issues, but I feel like mentally my my cogs are in, in line. And so this month, man, it's my month. I'm going to go out and do my 215 milers and I'll be ready for hard rock. There you go. That's all you need. That's all you need. Sure. Sure. <laughs> 100 miles, right? It's only 100 miles. Yeah. Because you know what? Because it's interesting and I won't, I won't divert too far off what we're here for. But, uh, you know, injuries play such a, a, a big role in trail running and ultra running. Well, I mean, in life and in, in general. Um, and I've had a couple friends just come off some different types of surgeries here locally. Um, one's 
back, you know, kind of a shorter stint on the IR, if you will. Um, and mm -hmm. one has been on there with some major Achilles and ankle surgery. Um, and it's just that whole, you know, there's the missing out, you know, cause you love running, you love being out there, um, regardless I mean, of anything or anything else, but it's also the kind of drives you crazy, you know, because you can't do something that you want to do. And you know, if you have something you want to do, you're not going to be as prepared for it. So down the road, um, that's a show we're definitely going to talk more about is, you know, kind of that injury overcoming the mental state of keeping it in check. Um, yeah. but, but your story is interesting just because you have a deadline, right? The hard rock 100 is the same date. They're not, they're not moving it for you. <laughs> they help. You've got to overcome these injuries, um, and these mental, um, moments i guess uh to get there so that's uh yeah it's, it's just interesting to hear kind of where you're at with the injuries you've had also knowing that you've got this you know major event happening in 42 days jeff yeah thank you <laughs> thanks that, that is clearly you are meant to you are trying to help i can see that <laughs> that's all i'm here for that's it so uh, I, two things on that the first one is um i have a, a huge fear of missing out Anytime I hear people going out and doing the Zion Traverse or um, doing the Wonderland Trail around Rainier, it's like, oh, I should be doing that. I should be doing that. So I'm constantly battling with that. And that leads me to the second one, which is when you're injured, um, social media is your worst enemy. Oh, yeah. It is your worst enemy because you see everybody that's out there doing what you want to be doing and you feel so ineffectual. You feel so inadequate. and and, um, it, yeah, it just drives me nuts. And so I've really, I think one of the best things I've done is I've really just kind of curtailed. I just don't, I don't pay as much attention to social media. That's probably really good, especially, you know, we talked about this uh, once before on one of our shows, you know, you get that, you know, when spring kind of rolls around and people get out more to do these different adventure runs or races or events. And if you're not ready at that time, it almost put you in a worse place mentally um, because you know maybe where you should be or where you want to be and know, oh, I'm, I'm already missing these, this early spring that comes once a year or, you know, whatever it is. So, um, no, that's, yeah. that, that's, that's a very, that's a very good point, you know, is curtailing from social media because it is, it is a trap. Oh, totally. I think if I was a coach, that would be one of the first, if I had an injured athlete, that's one of the first things that I would suggest is that, um, you <laughs> suspend your Facebook account or limit your Instagram, uh, time, you know, something. Or find better friends. <laughs> yeah. Find, <laughs> find less active friends, maybe. That, just yeah, eat, we... that eat Oreos and post it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so so last time we talked, you were you were around the uh, like what? How many miles a, a week would you say last time we talked? Like a month ago during this, like 40, 45? Yeah, I was I was up around forty to fifty. So I had a few forty to fifty mile weeks. And then, um, has that changed then, much? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So as soon as as soon as I realized that this um, uh, bicep femoris tendinopathy wasn't going to go away or, or avulsion fracture wasn't going to go away. Um, I, I didn't try and keep beating myself up. I, I more or less stopped running for a couple of weeks and only walked. 
um, but was still walking 20 to 30 miles a week. And I, and to be honest, and, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people out there going, or at least all three of your listeners. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't know. How. <laughs> but, uh, th- that are going to be like, whoa, you're going into hard rock and you're doing 30 mile weeks. So that's where I'm at. I'm at 30 mile weeks. <laughs> so how do you, how do you, uh, how do you wrap your mind around that? Um, you talk about the listeners, you know, thinking a certain way, but at the end of the day, it's, it's all what's in your head that matters. So how do you, knowing what you've done in the past, how you've prepared in the past for other things, how does, where does that leave you right now thinking about that? You know, it's funny. Um, when I first started this, I was, I was cranking out, I was having maybe 2000 to 3000 mile years. So by the end of the, the, the training year or the running year culminating in a hundred miler, I was doing about two or 3000 miles last year at my best, um, hundred mile finish Wasatch. I, I did 1600. I did far fewer miles. Yeah. And so mentally I'm okay because I do know that in a month, all I really need at this point is to stay healthy and to get out in a couple of weeks to be able to get out and get in some long runs. And those long runs run is really kind of probably a misnomer. It's really going to be more like, you know, long power hikes with, you know, running the downs and hiking the ups and, and get out in the mountains and, and I'm going to be good. So I'm confident that if I can stay healthy and I can get, you know, get things to where, you know, like, I, I like, um, I just ran two days in a row. I was in Colorado and ran at, you know, 5,500 feet, six miles each day, back to back six milers. And, um, I had an ache. I, it's kind of an ache, but I feel it more when I'm sitting on the plane. <laughs> and so I know I'm coming around. And, and mentally, I feel fresh and I feel confident. So it's just a matter of staying healthy and getting out and, and putting in some long days. But it'll come in and, and it will. I, I know that, you know, I know I'll snap too. Well, because the only way I can put say it. That's like, okay, I did back to back six mile days, um, which is great, you know, because you are coming off an injury or you are ramping up and you're even at you know, a higher elevation than what you're training at now um, yep. doesn't seem like much heading into hard rock. So nope. I what you were saying, your mental state to me is almost more important than the mileage or the fact that they're quote unquote, you know, smaller mileage days. Right. Yeah. 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 For me too. It's, um, you know, I, I mean, the thing that makes me, feel more confident is like you say, I'm, I'm training at sea level right now and I go to 5,500 feet and I'm running and I'm running, you know, 930. I think my averages were about 930 minute pace for each of those with very little elevation change, but, um, nothing felt like it was being taxed. So, you know, I know that my body's still in good shape. All those things are there. My lungs are good. My, my muscles are good. It's just this, this silly tendon issue. So I can, I can build quickly. Yeah. So I'm, I am confident, but yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see when we get there. <laughs> well, and I think what you mentioned earlier is, you know, hiking the ups and running the downs and 
you know, far as your training goes. I mean, essentially that is hard rock. I mean, you can talk to the people that, you know, place very high, maybe not, you know, first place like a, you know, Killian or someone like that, but a majority, 99% of the field, that's the game plan, right? You yeah. expect to go run 100 miles at hard rock. It's training wise. I mean, I've talked to people, it's training. Yeah. We, we practice hiking, you run the downhills. And then it, the last thing, which is huge on any race is time on your feet, right? Yeah. Yeah. And time on my feet. Um, I'm, I'm really sitting well for that because that's one thing that I haven't, haven't stopped doing. Um, I very rarely sit down and, and when I say rarely sit down, I mean, you know, uh, when I'm teaching, uh, I'm standing up. When I come back to my office, I have a standing desk. I'm standing up. Um, when I go home, uh, you know, maybe by eight o'clock I'm finally sitting down and actually sitting down is more like I'm, I'm laying on the ground and I'm, and I'm on my roller yeah. or sitting on a tennis ball or something. So I'm, uh, yeah. I, and, and that's on top of, you know, walking to and from class, walking around campus. Um, and I know granted, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that equates at all to hard rock, but you know, I mean, I think my mileage is deceptive and I've heard, you know, you hear other people that go, Oh yeah, I, you know, he barely did any runs before this event and then he was fine. It's like, well, that kind of makes it sound like you're not in good shape, but you know, I'm, I'm lifting weights every morning at home. You know, I'm doing my little weights sessions at home. I'm doing yoga every week. I'm running, I'm biking. I have a stationary bike at home that I get on occasionally. So yeah, my Strava doesn't, yeah, just my Strava is deceptive. Even if you do post everything, I I don't. I've tr- I've tried the Strava thing this year for the first time, like trying to be very consistent, and I still struggle sometimes. I sometimes I just don't upload or I don't take a watch and I don't want to <laughs> stuff in. So I'm like, you know, it is what it is. You know, I mean, I yeah. we're just crushing it. But I think what you what you were saying just now is huge with what we do. I think training is based on the person. Right. I mean, what you're comfortable with, what you're confident with, because like you said, you hear people saying, oh, I didn't run a lot before I went into this race or I didn't do a lot of climbing. It's not necessarily saying that's the only way to do it, but you do see people overtrain. I think that might be the biggest issue with with trail running is overtraining. I agree. Um, And you hear that from coaches. You hear that from top athletes. You hear that from from anybody. Um, Not saying that under training is the way to go either, but I think everybody has their sweet spot, you know, where. Yeah. Oh, how many miles did you hit this week? 40. How many did you do? Oh, I did 90, you know, but good for one is not necessarily good for the other one. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I certainly would rather be, um, have a bigger base than I've got right now, but I'm, I'm, I agree a hundred percent. There's, you know, there's no, um, there's no way my body would hold up with the mileage I used to do before. Yeah. It just wouldn't. But um, I would still like to have more than I have right now. <laughs> so we might have touched on this, you know, maybe on the first time we, we got together on the uh, episode one with you. But like before Wasatch, what was kind of like the peak of your training for Wasatch? Would you have an idea of what your weekly mileage might have been at that time? Yeah. So um, before my other hundreds, I wanted to peak with a hundred mile week. Wow. 
and I came in overtrained for for both of those first two. And then Wasatch, I decided that my sweet spot where I seem to do the best is somewhere between 60 and 70 miles in a week. Okay. <clears throat> so I had, um, if, if memory serves, I had about a, a 65, maybe a 70, low 70s mile week uh, a month before Wasatch. I didn't do any races leading up to it. And, that, and this, uh, this race will be no different. You know, I just haven't been ready. Um, and so it was a lot of, I mean, I lived in Cedar City, which is at 6,000 feet. And I was right out of my door. I could go up what's called the Sea Trail, um, uh, which would take me up to about 8,500 feet. <clears throat> and it was four miles from my house. So in a four and a five, maybe a nine mile run, I could get in 2,500 feet of elevation change. So I was doing a lot of that. So I clearly had a lot more of those, you know, big hard runs, but I also had total different expectations for Wasatch. Yeah. And I wanted to be able to run the whole thing and I wanted to have a good time. I mean, a fast time. Um, yeah. So different perspective on this one now, now I just, you know, uh, I'm okay taking the whole 48 hours and I know, um, mentally I'm tough as nails. Uh, I know mentally if it's, if it's a matter of just being fatigued, you know, I can push through that. Um, I can, I can withstand, you know, my share of pain as we all, anybody who's done those long distance races knows that they're just full of that. And it doesn't matter if you go fast or slow, it's just there. Yeah. I love what you just said there that, you know, you're tough as nails because that's the mental side. I mean, cannot be stressed enough how important that is, no matter what's going on, whether it's a time, whether it's an injury, whether it's, you know, anything. And and that relays over to life, right? So it's just about running. It's kind of just your mindset about everything. Yeah, I was... I, so at this conference I was just at, I had a, had the chance to meet Marty Hoffman, who's uh, the doctor that works with Hard Rock. I'm sorry, with Western States. I also met um, Dr. Glover and Halverson. They are the the medical team for Hard Rock. But I was I was talking to um, Marty Hoffman, and I said, "Listen, when I did Western in 2013, I came into the Forest Hill. Um, no, wait, no, that's the." Uh, I came into Robinson flat, so not even 30 miles into the race. Um, and I was down eight pounds for some reason I had some kind of bug and I just could, uh, I just lost liquid and I felt like death and the medical doctor they had there. Um, I step up onto the scale. He says, Oh, you're down eight pounds. I said, please, please kick me out of the race. (laughs) He's like, why? I said, because I can't do it myself. I'm like the Terminator. I cannot self-terminate. You're going to have to do it for me. (laughs) And he said, nope, not going to do it. Sit down, drink some liquids, put this cool towel over your head, and eat a banana. And I'm telling you, in in a little while, you're just going to snap too. He says, you can quit at the next aid station, but you can't quit at mine. (laughs) That's awesome. It was perfect. It was exactly what I needed to hear. I sat there for, you know, 60 to 90 minutes, felt like an eternity. And then 
it was like a light switch. Body came around and I kept going and finished. So there you go. So, so here's the, here's the pressing question that I've been dying to ask. And I waited, I waited, <laughs> gave you, I gave you a prescription on our last episode. Oh yeah. And I already, Gold. Think, I already think I probably know the answer, but I'm going to ask <laughs> it anyway. My, my prescription to you was no more of that cider stuff. Let's try yeah. getting some cheese curd therapy. Did you, did you, did you even try that? <laughs> yes, I did. I will tell you two things. One, um, there is no good cheese curd up here. <laughs> so, so any people that, you know, any of you Wisconsin or Northern Utah people that, you know, make good cheese curd, Bellingham's waiting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was still good. It just wasn't squeaky cheese. It just didn't, you know, anyway, whatever. Um, and two, it worked. Clearly, I'm in a better place Here we go. because of that. The there. IPA and the, and the squeaky cheese, it works. Well, I know that I know you wouldn't have a problem finding a good IPA up there. Now, I believe you on the, the, the cheese curds, but I know the IPA, <laughs> you're going to have a more than a good assortment. Yeah, we have a plethora. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some really good ones. Um, there's, so there's a mountain right outside of town called, called Galbraith. It's world renowned for mountain biking. The trails are uh, incredible. There's probably more than 50 miles of trails up there that, um, a lot of mountain biking, but also running. So run up there and local brew. There's a local, uh, brewery, uh, that has, um, makes some brews named after like trails up there and things like that. So one called Cedar dust, which is a really, really neat little trail with some, you know, boardwalk features for the mountain bikers and just fun. You, you know, the trails here are soft and fern covered and, um, beautiful e- except that now they're getting a little bit overgrown, at least the trails behind my house. And, um, there's stinging nettles. So there's nettles that are just crazy big. <laughs> That's no, no bueno. I came home, I came home from a run, uh, I think it was last week and I can still see the welts. Um, so clearly there's, it's not poison ivy, but I had a reaction that was very much poison ivy like. <laughs> Cause it's, it's <laughs> yucky. It's not. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And I, you know, and I'm, I'm wearing shorts and I'm wearing no shirt finally. And, um, I just came home just covered. <laughs> It was painful. That's unfortunate, but it's good that it's, uh, it'll go away, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it stung for a day and then, you know, I also, so I have a nut allergy, um, not, not an anaphylactic, so I don't, you know, I can still breathe, but I just love cashews. Mm. And the other day I was in an event and, um, they had cashews and I couldn't help but eat them. And, and then I, I paid the price cause I get this rash on the inside of my mouth and my throat feels like it's on fire. It's miserable. Quit, quit sabotaging your training. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear <laughs> that the IPG's curd method worked at least. That's gold. So you when, need to write a book. When I write my book, I will yep. include that in a chapter for medic, for prescription or for uh, medication purposes. <laughs> yeah. Now the dosage. I, I think the dosage could could be uh, 
uh, a mediating factor in this that, you know, (laughs) I, I didn't have a lot of cheese curd options, but it did help. Um, and, and the IPA, you could clearly, um, uh, uh, have too much of it. (laughs) That's up for debate. (laughs) Well, Um, I could, I'm a lightweight. (laughs) That'll, that'll be, I'll have to do a, a study. I'll have to, uh, you know, get some people to do a study and we'll, we'll do the different, you know, two to one ratio, three to one ratio and kind of see what works for what, but I like where that's going for sure. Yeah. Well, I am working toward tenure. And so, you know, the more presentations and, and research projects I can be on. So please, you know, keep my name on the, on the poster. Well, that would be, that would be a great project. <laughs> I could see that getting written up in all kinds of journals. Well, I can I can submit it to our IRB here. I'm not I'm not entirely sure how that's going to go over, but <laughs> <laughs> it's groundbreaking, so it'll go over. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So clearly, so, there's a need. You know, like like the food stuff, we're kind of talking about that. Are you are you experimenting? Are you completely dialed in with kind of your nutrition for the race? We've touched on it a little bit, but you're getting closer. You know, there's all these things you got to take care of. Are you ready nutrition wise? You know what you're going to kind of work with. I know what I've done in the past, um, and I know what I did at Wasatch, and they are not the same. And um, I, I will, I will modify what I've done in the past and what I did at Wasatch. So at Wasatch, I, I spent very little time in any aid station. It was all about trying to be through, get through fast. My longest stop was nine minutes, and that was at Upper Big Water to change my socks. Um, and, and, um, you know, I, I tried to get in and out. So I did, um, all liquid calories that I would carry. And that was all tailwind. Um, and in addition to that, I would also take one handful of either tortilla chips or potato chips and one cup of, uh, Coke at every aid station. And I, so I was averaging 185 to 215 calories an hour at Wasatch, which is much lower than, than I've tried to aim for in the past based on what, you know, I'd read or heard. You need more calories. And I, I didn't bonk. I didn't cramp. I didn't have stomach issues through the whole race. I mean, my stomach didn't feel great. Yeah. But I never, I never had those issues. Um, and so, that's, I mean, that's clearly, clearly for me, my system worked great on just that liquid calorie diet. Uh, unfortunately, it was really fast and I don't, and, and, it, you know, I mean, fast compared to hard rock, 26 hours, you know, I, I I'm going to be at hard rock probably 47, 59 right now. So I, I think I'm going to need something different. So I'll probably add in more cal- more solid calories. Now, are you are you one that will train the way you're going to race, or do you just kind of do it on race day and keep your fingers crossed? I have in the past, yeah. I I tend to run with the calories. I'll um, I'll also do runs where I eat and then go out for a run. Um, but again, my system has kind of. Uh, adapted to being able to run when I'm hungry, being able to run when I'm full. Um, so, uh, I do that now. Yeah. I do take the calories that I'm going to use. I'll, I'll definitely use tailwind again. 
So I'll have that in my drop bags and, and aid stations. Um, but I'll also um, add in some of the, the stuff that I've done in the past that's a little more solid. Uh, you know, the quesadillas and the bananas and whatever they have at the aid stations. No. It's also, yeah, it also means a um, little lower intensity means I'll, I'll probably increase the calories. So I'll probably try and go up to 250 or 300. And it depends on if I know I'm going to be having a break or if I'm going to be really slow. If I'm really slow, I might, I might do more and then just let my body adapt or digest before I pick up the intensity. Again. Well, because I've, I've talked to a lot of people, their, their fueling plan changes a lot in a race like Hard Rock where you know you've got a huge climb coming up like a Handy's or you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Because in, in races where you run, the solid food, it's slower to digest. Um, it might feel heavy. But if you're just doing, you know, hiking, um, I've talked to a lot of people who says, no, I have no problem eating a piece of pumpkin pie or a piece of pizza or a burrito because, you know, even though it's maybe an intenser hike, I'm still not like going red line. Yep. Yeah. So is that kind of your mindset with that too? Is if you need some solid, you're not afraid if you know you're going to be kind of lower intensity training or running? Yeah. I'm totally expecting to be doing that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll, it'll still be the kind, it'll, it'll be the thing where I'll still carry the tailwind between the aid stations, but then, um, because of a longer time, you know, I'll spend more time in the aid stations and I'll be using the, you know, the aid station fare or whatever they're, you know, carrying. What, what about when you say use tailwind, is that mainly for the calorie? I mean, is there some electrolyte you use out of that as well? I mean, what's your thought on the tailwind? Is that just purely a calorie standpoint? I, I think it's a balance of all of those things. Um, I know, you know, the current research is looking, is saying that, um, electrolytes or salt that you don't need salt that salt doesn't have any impact on cramping and that may be the case but i have i have an unrestricted and that is to say probably a high sodium diet on average you know i like salt on my food yeah and to then turn around and not have salt on race day is a mistake also and that's my you know my n of one is that I don't do well if I don't take in sodium. I don't like to take just the uh, electrolyte tabs, the S caps and things like that. Mm-hmm. They, cause um, on their own, they tend to upset my stomach, but something about the formula of tailwind, the electrolytes, as well as the calories, it all sits really well in my stomach. It goes down really well. Um, and and so, yeah, so I'll continue to do that. Um, there is a sweet spot, uh, and the closest I got to getting out of that sweet spot, I was doing the tailwind on Wasatch, and I felt like I was getting hot, and I thought, geez, what am I not getting enough? And so at one of the aid stations, I grabbed a salt tab or an S-cap or something, just one, like out of a you know regular dose of two or four, and I could immediately feel that I'd gone over, that I had too much. So... Um, yeah, I think there's a balance, but to say that, um, you shouldn't do salt, I, um, just because it doesn't help with the cramping is to say that that's the only factor that salt's affecting. And for me, again, it's like, it would be like, it would be like trying to go cold Turkey with no salt when 
you know, I like to salt my avocados. Well, because hard rock eggs, hard rock does not their their stance now is we do not have salt tabs. That's yeah. X, we're not doing it because of research, like you were talking about, proves this, that, or the other. You make an interesting point: is if you're used to something and you go cold turkey, if you don't do it, it's not necessarily a cramping issue. It could be where it kind of messes up your your digestive flow or your body flow more than just yeah. cramping. Because I've I don't know where I stand. I'm not a science guy. I'm more of a did it work for me guy. And there's been races I felt onset of cramping and I have popped some tablets and I didn't cramp. So I don't know if it's a placebo effect. I don't know what it is, but for me, I'll always carry some just in case. Yeah. Well, and I am a scientist um, and, and even presented science at the, at this American college of sports medicine just yesterday (laughs) or two days ago. Um, But that's not my area of expertise. And so I I know what they say, and so I've had the same experience you have, where it's like, if I don't have salt, and I didn't do salt the first 30 miles of Western, and felt like that, and then got into that aid station, and was dipping potatoes in salt, and within an hour came around. So again, is it placebo? Is it something else? And that was just a, a, a non, you know, non-related um, correlation. A spurious correlation. I don't know. What I do know is that I've had the same experience you have, and and that is, um, that is why I've I've kind of tried to, if you want to call it a rationalization, or tried to figure out in my own head what's going on. That's how I came around. Hey, I I eat salt normally, um, so maybe my body just needs to have a certain level to to function properly. I don't know. Well, and I've heard the same, you know, more and more with water, like, oh, when you run, you don't need to drink as much water as you think you do. You don't, you know, drink when you're thirsty or you don't need this or you don't need that. And for me, it's almost like telling, you know, telling me how to, to breathe, right? It's like, oh, <laughs> right. you only need one breath every, you know, two minutes or, or whatever it is. And it's like, <laughs> well, if I'm used to, like, I drink water all day. That's my number one source of fluid next, next to a good beer. But I don't drink soda, I don't drink juice, I don't drink, it's water all day, every day. And so when I run, if I don't have water, I don't know if it's a matter of dehydration, uh, fatigue, or just comfort, you know, having my mouth and throat, you know, soothed or whatever it is. So I think a lot of that, the salt tabs, the, the nutrition is so, I have a hard time for people doing a study saying, don't do this or do this, it's better. Well, research on the whole, um, particularly uh, like this. Well, no, I mean, on the whole, researchers look at very, very um, focused elements. We have to control the variables involved. And so you are picking certain variables and you're controlling all the others and you're only looking at one small aspect. And with a, uh, a system as complex as the body and and digestion and nutrition and electrolyte. I mean, there's so many different variables involved. It's really hard to say that we can tell you how the interplay works in a full system. It's why we have lab research and then we try and take it out of the lab and, and put it towards people in real situations and it doesn't always turn out the same. It's why 
and and a lot of people don't know this. It's why like ninety nine percent of all rat studies don't equate to humans. But but we don't talk about that. You know, it, it doesn't. Everything doesn't carry over. Um. So yeah, yeah, I get it, and I and I agree a hundred percent with the water. I have adapted myself working on working on this kind of higher fat, uh, lower carb. Um, and again, I, you know, I don't think I've ever been ketogenic. I, the closest I came was Wasatch. Um, but in doing that, I also worked on doing some fasted and some, some limited water runs and got to where I could go for, um, 13, a mountain 13 miler, 15 miler with one bottle. And I would go out for one to two hour runs and I just wouldn't carry anything. But it was an adapt adaptation, and yeah. so yeah, you can certainly adapt to less water, and you can adapt to more water. Yeah, well, yeah. If you if you drink a lot, you're going to probably need a lot. Well, for me, there's there's only one study that I really hang my hat on, um, and it just to me it's a perfect example. It's from Rocky Four, right? I mean, what <laughs> get your information? You got yeah. Yvonne Drago training with all the high tech stuff, doctors, scientists machinery and then you got good old rocky balboa holed up in a cold i don't know barn <laughs> going old school with axes and rocks and you know sorrels running and rocky beats him so for me eh you know it's to each his own rocky <laughs> rocky it's gonna work for me yeah i think i read that study in a in a in a journal yeah <laughs> might have been my journal under my bed yeah 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 <laughs> That's where I get all my on my basis is Rocky movies, right? So, well, there's no shortage of Rocky movies to pick from, so that's nope. that's they, a good place. Keep them coming before he kicks the bucket. That's what I say. <laughs> there you go. So, so uh, Pacers. Last time we talked, you had one Pacer, uh, Jeff uh, Calvert. If I'm correct, yep. yeah. Is he still on board? Yeah, as far as I know, we haven't chatted. His wife is out. Um, Renee uh, is out. Um, getting ready today, she'll be running tomorrow, the world's end, world's end, um, hundred K tomorrow, her first hundred K. So they're kind of, they've been in that build up and, and now the anticipate anticipation of that race. So I haven't talked to him in a while, but yeah, as far as I know, that's still on. Um, he probably doesn't know how long it's going to be, you know, as far as I'm going to be going slow. Yeah. (laughs) But if you're going to, if you're going to go slow, what a better place. I mean, can you find a better place to go slow than the San Juan mountains? No, every, every picture I see, I'm just, uh, I'm so excited. I can't wait to get out there. It's going to be so fun. Yeah. So have you decided where you'll use him yet? No, I really haven't. And, and I'm going to, so, uh, we're on the quarter system here. My, my quarter is ending. Finals are due by next Thursday or yeah, next Thursday. And so I'm going to be doing all of that kind of planning and prep starting next week. Um, and he's still the only one I have. Uh, my, my 12 year old, well, he'll be 12 year old by the time this comes out. My 12 year old boy is just finishing up cross country and has really built a passion for running. That's awesome. And it's kind of independent for me because he really just does it on his own. He came home when cross country ended yesterday and said, Hey, do you think it'd be okay if I just run on the trails behind the house? I'm like, well, let's, let's make sure you know your way around first. But yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So 
yeah, it's really neat. So I, I fully expect him to be, um, out running with me, uh, in the buildup. And, and so I'll have him run a section. So I'll, I'll have him pace me for, you know, 10 miles. If I can find a, a section that, that has about that much. And, and then if, if there's enough crew, then I'll have my partner, Jen, I'll have her pace me. So really kind of, I have three, but the real, the real pacer is Jeff and, and I'll default to him. I'll use him as much or as little as he, he needs or wants. Nice. So, and, and then we have, we have talked about kind of your timeline of, you know, when you might be heading down to, to be, you know, start acclimating or getting on the course is, is your timeline where you at with that? Yeah. So my quarter ends, I'll, I'll wrap up my work. Anyway, the, the structured work, I'll still be writing and doing research stuff all summer, but, um, ends on the ninth and, um, my son is finished with school on the 16th and then we're pretty much free. We have one family event, um, in Winthrop, Washington that we might go to the weekend after that. But again, that'd be a, a, a fine buildup that, you know, the, the North Cascades have just beautiful trails that go anywhere from six to 8,000 feet. So I can, you know, I can be running at a good elevation for adapting to going to the mountains. Nice. Have you, so, but we'll be out there. I'll, I'll be out there by like the 26th and, and we camp until, I don't know, around the 10th or something like that. Nice. Well, that'll be That'll be great. That's good timing. And then you, like I said, you can get used to it a little bit, take it in, get more nervous, whatever it is. Yeah. A little bit of both. We're going to, we'll stop in Utah on our way as well. So, um, go see my grandson and my son and, um, we'll probably, depending on the snowpack, I saw a picture just yesterday. It looks like it's still pretty high, but we like to, we like to do an overnighter on temp. So we'll, We'll probably um, hike up and camp somewhere up in one of the meadows up behind, uh, up on Temp. That's beautiful up there. Yeah. So, uh, have you been getting any more information from people? Last time we talked to you, you had like Quentin Barney. You know, when you, you came to Utah, did a track thing. Has has anybody reached out to you to give you any more tidbits, or have you reached out to anybody to gather any more tidbits, or are you just kind of leaving it as it is now? Um. No, I'm, I'm, I'm picking up things here or there. And like I said, yes, at this conference, you know, I was lucky enough to have a presentation there. Uh, I, I sat through a presentation, um, by the, um, doctors from, uh, hard rock and they were talking about, um, the tracking system and they were talking about medical issues and ultras. So really kind of good, got a good sense for how the medical team works. Uh, and you know, Dr. Glover and, and Halverson, I, I said, Hey, it's nice to meet you. I'll see you in July, but I hope to not see you in July kind of thing. I'll see you, but I'm not going to need you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, and I've been going through my old magazines. I've been looking at my map. I've been, um, plotting things out. Another good thing, but a total, a total time sink is the, the whole um, hard rock course is now on Google earth oh. or Google, like the guy, you know, they carry the backpack and you can see the the street view of the trails. Yep. It's very cool. Um, but it takes, it's, 
I, I, I could probably run it faster. I don't know. I'm not good at doing that because you just sit there and click, 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 click ahead, click ahead, click ahead. So I did, um, I don't know, about a 20-mile section of it on the first day I found out about that and looked up and like two or three hours had gone by. <laughs> <laughs> so the plus side is, you know, it'll, it'll make sense. It'll look familiar. Um, and that's totally unique. I've never had that I for didn't... a race I haven't been to before. That is pretty cool. So, you know, so speaking of the course, what's the uh, latest on the snowpack up there? I saw a picture within the last couple of days showing some um, snow, frozen lakes up high, but it looks like it's it's good. The it sounds like it's going to be warming up and a little bit less wet, so could be snow, but um, yeah, it looks it looks fine. <laughs> it was it spectacularly beautiful. Yeah, that's boy, that's that's something about that place. I don't know. All right. So before we kind of wrap up here and let you go and, and get training and, and everything, what moving forward, like over the next, this is kind of a two part thing. We'll kind of let you go here. Um, so it's June 2nd is when we're talking right now, Friday, June 2nd. You got 42 days out. Thank you. Uh, that's six weeks, <laughs> 42 days. Got what, it. Uh, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> so two, two things here and I'll let you kind of explain that. What are some of the the things or goals you have planned for the next um, 42 days and what concerns do you have moving forward until hard rock? So the concerns are that this, um, uh, tendinosis or avulsion fracture will flare up again. Um, and, and I won't be able to train. So I'll probably spend another week just maintaining a steady um, amount of running. Uh, I'm going to go out this weekend and, you know, start out and see what happens with like a, you know, 12 to 15 mile run. And if that goes well and I recover well, um, then, you know, the next week I'll go out and do a little more. So uh, just a gradual ramp up. And then by the time I get out to the race course, the end of, of June, um, somewhere around there, uh, I want to have, uh, two or three kind of big days. And, and at this point they'll probably only be, you know, 15 to 20 miles each, but in the mountains and, and then just explore the course in, in steady doses over the, the remaining 10, 15 days before the race. So it's really going to be just kind of a, a very fast ramp up, try and shock the system into uh, liking being at 10,000 feet, 14,000 feet and see where we go from there. But mostly at this point, it's just staying healthy. That's yeah. the real key. Yeah. I mean, if you can head into anything healthy, mental, the mental side of it's a big boost for sure. So that, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think we'll let you go. Um, you know, like I mentioned, uh, before we came on here is we're going to try and get you back on before the race at some point. I know you'll be down in Silverton, but it'd be nice to get you on the horn, kind of the, the pre pre race conversation, if you will. And then again, hit you up after you finish. Um, that, yeah, that'd be great. We'll try and make sure it's not one of the times when, uh, uh, 
you know, I'm out running or, I mean, we've got some climbing plans. We're going to do like there's a Via Ferrata um, in Telluride. So we've got some fun adventures. That's awesome. But I'll try, I'll try and uh, pick a day when we can be at a cafe where I get good signal and whatnot. There you go. Well, <laughs> you know, we, uh, you know, we, we definitely can't wait to see how well you do there. I know it's going to be a challenge, but I also know, you know, you're going to take it all in and you've got the right mindset for us. So we wish you luck, especially this last month of buildup. Cause it is kind of, you know, like we talked about, it's like kind of critical, um, to kind of get where you want to be or feel more comfortable. I don't think you ever head into a race going, yep, I'm ready. <laughs> no. Yeah. I've been on the other end where I felt like I'd done too much or never felt like, well, yeah, like I was overtrained, but never this undertrained. So it will be, it will be interesting. <laughs> Nice. Well, thanks again, Jeff, for, for taking the time out of your schedule of travel and presentations and finals and training and, you know, everything else you're doing. But uh, we, we've sure enjoyed having you on the show, kind of talking through the process. Um, even for me, uh, this has been awesome uh, to hear kind of other people's perspectives and buildups and, and things like that. So, man, we, we can't tell you thanks enough for letting us take so much of your time the last few months. Oh, I've enjoyed it. It has added this to the stress level, um, but it, it, it does keep me accountable. And so, yeah, I'm excited. The next one's going to be fun because I'll be out there. I'll be able to tell you about the course and whatnot. So, yeah, that's, I'm excited for that. So yeah, we'll just, uh, we'll catch you on uh, the next one. Uh, have a safe trip out there. Good luck. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Right on. Take care. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you for listening to the Trail Matters podcast. We'd like to thank Jeff Hart for taking the time to join us once again. And we can't wait to get him back on in about a month right before the big day. We also want to encourage everybody to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Trail Manners or swing by the website at trailmanners.com. There on the store page, you can pick up some swag and rights or just hit us up on the contact page and let us know what you want to see, who you want to hear, or even if you would like to be on the show. Until next time, this is Eric Manning with Joel Hatch reminding you, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it.